Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are in for a very special treat. Her name is Michael Learned, and if you've watched television anytime during the last 40 years, you've seen this, this actor, this actress, because she's an acclaimed actress. She is a four-time Emmy winner a People's Choice recipient, and has been a multiple Golden Globe nominee. Michael Learned's first series regular edition was for the role of a lifetime and would define North American TV. It was the Waltons, and she was the mother on the show, and she continued on that show beyond the pilot. The cast of the Waltons recently celebrated their 45th anniversary. And we'll 50, be 50. 50th. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe it? You know <laughs> how old I'm getting, too. Me, too. Me, too. Because I think I saw the very first episode of that show when I was a, a young person at that time. Well, that's great. And, you know, you have been on TV as the most quintessential uh, TV mom uh, beating out Shirley Partridge by six years, Carol Brady by four years, and even Carolyn Ingalls by, by one year. So it just goes to show how time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Welcome, Michael. Thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to be here. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So let's go back to how you got on this journey and how how this journey has has transformed you and transformed television. Well, it certainly transformed my life. Um, I was uh, working in a theater in San Francisco, a wonderful repertory company uh, at the American Conservatory Theater. And uh, I drove down in my little uh, VW Bug and stayed at a motel for $12 a night. And, and this audition happened. And I said, I'm not right for it. I'm, I'm only 32 and I have short blonde hair. And they were looking for a woman in her 40s with long red hair. <laughs> My agent said, go see about it anyway. So I did. And they said, would you be willing to test? And I said, yes. And I tested with Richard and Ralph uh, Wait And... um I got the call, I think maybe two days later, and my agent said, you are now the mother of America. And I remember hopping around the hotel room with the towel wrapped around me, the motel room with the towel wrapped around me, and just ecstatic. I had no money. I was going through a separation from my husband, and uh, it was like a gift from God. It really was. So what was it like to be on the 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 cast of the Waltons and producing it for all those years? Well, um, sometimes it was very boring. 
Um, I remember when I, I was nominated for an Emmy and the first time, and I, it was terribly exciting, but I thought, how can anyone win an Emmy for pouring coffee? <laughs> <laughs> no way. So uh, my son and I got all dressed up and he was my escort that night. Excuse me for coughing. I'm allergic to my cat. Can you believe that? Oh my goodness. My eyes are practically closed and I'm coughing. I love this cat so much, but my husband and I both are, seem to be allergic to it. So we're going to have to figure out, we're going to keep the cat, but we'll have to figure out some way to deal with the allergies. Um, anyway, so my son and I got all dressed up and I was just having a good time. They sent a limo and it was all very Hollywood and new to me. And, um, off we went. I wasn't nervous at all because I didn't, I wasn't up for the, in the running as far as I was concerned. And um, when they announced that the winner is Michelle, they couldn't figure out my name because they knew it was a category for a woman. And um, my son and I looked at each other. It's like, could it be? Is it possible? And then suddenly both our eyes went like that. And it was a thrill. It was a real thrill. I called home and my kids were jumping up and down and everybody was so excited. So it was really nice. Well, well that's great. And, you know, how many seasons did uh, the Waltons play for? Um, I think it went for nine, maybe ten. I'm not even sure. I left at eight. Uh, and then I did a series called Nurse after that. Um, so I, I regret leaving because um, those kids who are now wonderful adults uh, were were truly and are still today my second family. And I missed them. I would I I had one nightmare. I I I woke up crying because they were every year they take a photograph of the family. And in this stream, um, they were taking the photograph, but they wouldn't let me be in it. And I woke up crying. Well, I can understand that because, I mean, this is your second family. I, I, yes, how, it is. How, how many times do you remember that line? Good night, John boy. <laughs> yes, I think it was very comforting to a lot of people, including me. And my son and I used to watch it together, my youngest son. The, my teenagers weren't interested in the Waltons, but... Um, my my youngest son was nine, and so we would sit and watch it together Thursday night at eight o'clock. Tell me some of the other series that you've come, you've been on, and, and uh, learned to love as well. Uh, Hot House was uh, produced by Jay Press and Allen, and that was about a bunch of wacky psychiatrists all living in the same building, you know, sort of a, a, a it was called hothouse. And what it meant was a, it was like a, a building with a bunch of psychiatrists who were treating patients in that house. That was fun because it was all I did was get into bed with Art Malik, who's, ha- who's one of the most attractive actors in the world. And uh, that was fun, but it didn't last very long. And then I did the series Nurse, and I won a, an Emmy for that, which was really, I, I didn't expect it, and it was wonderful. Interesting. You know, TV, to many people, is unapproachable because 
Most people do not know what it takes to be a TV actress. Uh, people think it's just out of this world. Is it? It's grit. It's pure grit doing television. I look at Mariska Haggerty and who does, um, oh God, so I'm blanking on the name. What is it? SUV. SUV. SVU, Special Victims Unit. And, um, you know, she puts in long, long hours. Uh, so when you're doing an hour show, you can, you, a 19 hour day is not unheard. I put in a 19 hour day once when I was shooting, uh, um, in New York. And I mean, how many people work a 19 hour day? And if you, a, a 12 hour day is a short day for an hour show. It's a short day. And, um, so you can work, um, 15 hours, 16 hours, 19 hours that one day that I worked. And you're just so tired at the end of the week that the weekend isn't enough time to kind of regroup. Um, so it takes a special kind of uh, soldier to do an hour TV show, especially if you're in every scene. And, and, and you do that week in and week out for weeks on end. So it takes a lot of stamina and a lot of grit. It does. And um I remember I used to be so tired that when we did have a hiatus, I could, I, I was, I was too wired to really relax. So by the end of the hiatus, I'd just be getting ready to kind of let down and then it would be time to gear up and start all over. But that's why they pay you very well. And I don't regret a minute of it. So in retrospect, but at the time there were, there were days when I really thought I can't do this another day. So how did your early childhood prepare you for being an actress? I wanted to be a dancer. And so my parents sent me to a, a boarding school in England. Um, I was having a kind of hormonal breakdown, I guess, at the, at the age of 11 or 12. And uh, they sent me to this boarding school where, where uh, it was primarily for dance, uh, ballet. And um one day, one of the teachers took me. It's how oh, I won the drama cup in the school. It's just a school. Hello, kitty. Uh, and then I won the drama cup and the teacher took me aside and she said, you know, you're not a very good dancer. Why don't you consider becoming a, a special drama student? So that's kind of how it happened. I, I then focused on drama classes instead of dance classes. And uh, I won the school drama cup. And uh, they encouraged me to think about acting instead of dancing because I had flat feet and I was too tall and I wasn't a very good dancer. So there you go. How does making a TV film differ from making a TV series? Film is over. You know, I mean, you get tired doing a film, but um it's it's kinder for some reason, uh, but doing a series, you're you're going on and on and on. A film eventually, it may take sometimes it takes months to shoot a film, but uh, in television, um, it's every day, every day. And it, for eight years, I was in that show for eight years. That's a long time. Yeah, so there's definitely an end in sight, and so you don't have to do the marathon run. You just have to do the run, so to speak. You got it. And uh, I, I 
Television is tough. I admire, um, if I ever got lucky enough at my age to be offered something, I would want a smaller role where you go in and you sort of do your thing and then you go home. You're not carrying a show. It's, it's a lot of work to carry a show. Yeah. And I suspect the directors demand people or direct people in different ways on the two things that there's more hands-on with one versus the other. Is that correct? You know, well, it surprised me coming from theater where the director is God really. And um, is, is design a director kind of designs the whole play, the whole show, if you will. And uh, in television directors are really mostly directing the shots, like uh, the angles, the, it's all, they're directing the tech, technical aspects, whereas there's not a whole lot of um, acting direction in television. At least that's been my experience, where they kind of expect you to know what you're supposed to do. You hit your mark, uh, and you're aware that there's sound, um, and you do your thing, and at the end of the day, you go home. Whereas in, in theater, the director is very much hands-on. Yeah, so in one, you're actually playing yourself. In the other, you're playing the character more. Yeah, you're, if you're lucky and you have a nice character to play. Um, yeah, yeah, television is more. I always say the difference between theater and television is in theater, when you do a table read, when you're all sitting around the table and you're getting to know each other and you're reading the play for the first time and it's pretty relaxed, uh, that's kind of what television is, whereas uh, theater, once you have opened, you are performing and it's bigger and you're trying to reach the back of the theater uh, vocally and um, you're struggling to understand your character and what is what is your character? What does this in Chekhov? You're going, what does this pause mean? And you, you can spend two hours discussing a pause that Chekhov may or may not have put in there. Um, and, and in television, it's more you go in, you hit your mark, you do the scene, and you leave. Exactly. Now, you were on two series that everybody that is listening to this call will recognize. One is General Hospital, and the other one is The Young and Restless. What was it like to play on those? Those people, I mean, talk about workhorses. Those people are absolutely amazing to me. They were very welcoming. I'd never done a soap opera. And the first, I can't remember which was which, but on one, I played a judge. And I literally had to have the script next to me on the, on the, where, whatever it is called, where judges sit. Um, and, um, so I cheated a little bit on that one, but the other one, uh, where I played a, a cancer patient. I, I didn't cheat on that at all. And I I was really full of respect for those. They get a script the night before, and sometimes it's pages long, and they have to memorize it and show up the next day and shoot the scenes. They're they're really hardworking people in the soap opera. Yeah, and, and the thing I, I find most amazing about soap operas is the following it has year after year after year when something comes out there it it's uh truly something that is there forever 
Well, my father said if a television comes in the front door, I'm going out the back. So we weren't supposed to have a TV set. Uh, but finally, eventually, we won. We kids won. And, we, and my father got a little black and white TV. And um, guess who sat up and watched soap operas all day long? My dad. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I That was you that was. <laughs> I, you know. You I, know. Go ahead. Sorry. Television has, has certainly changed the world. And I don't think anybody envisioned television to move beyond the, the, the three or four channels into the hundreds of channels that we have now. I remember my best friend was the first person. We lived in the country at that time uh, in Connecticut. I, my kitty's just walking by, so I'll start sneezing in a minute. Um so we lived, and nobody had a television set until my my best friend's father worked for RCA, and um, they got a television set, and it was this huge, huge thing with this tiny little screen about this big, literally, and it was magic to me. I just we were allowed down every Saturday morning to watch Howdy Doody or whatever was on, and. Um, I just thought it was the most miraculous, wonderful thing. But we weren't allowed to have one until my father decided, okay, he finally caved. This cat, that's my cat. Can you see the ears? It just, it's walking by. It no, wonder, no wonder you love your cat, but, you know, it's oh. very difficult to live with a cat when you have allergies. Oh, it's it's really, I've never had this problem. I've had cats all my life. But, and my husband's allergic to it, too. This one, it's a little black yeah, so I, I, I'm not sure how you're going to uh, amalgamate to the allergies and the cat. We have a call into um, the vet to see if they've had this problem before, because I'm not giving up this cat, but it's really bothering me. Yeah, Kitty, you know, you're allergic to you. Isn't that yeah. terrible? Yeah, cats have dander, and it tends to be a problem. That's what it is, I guess, yeah. Yeah. So, we brush it. We do everything we're, we're we're trying to do. So the cat's happy. We're we're the ones that are suffering. Yes, but. we're good. So you have done so much in movie and television. Are you still doing that now? Um, yeah, I just finished doing. Oh, well, this is my husband, John. The best Hello, John. Oh, wide world. Um, thank you. Um. Yeah, I just finished doing the Jeffrey Dahmer story. I'm turning my phone off so it won't bleep. Um, and uh, that was uh, fun to play the grandmother of a killer. But we have a grandson who's living with us for for a while because he's going to school. He wants to be a chef. And um, by the way, I love your bookcases behind you. Well, thank you very much. You know, this is a picture of my den as it used to be. Oh, you're kidding. Before we downsized. We downsized. So my wife wanted to get to a smaller house. So we now, uh, I took a picture. So I put it up as a green screen. <laughs> oh, are you, are you mourning the old, the old? Not, not really. You know, it's, it's a time of transition. You know, we didn't need as big of a house as we had. Yeah. Do you have kids? Yes, we have four daughters. And actually, our oldest daughter ended up buying the house that we, we had. 
Oh, that's great. So it's still in the family. That's great. For sure. So that, that is a beautiful transition. You know, I'm from a family of six girls. So we had, we had you beat by two. Well, that is quite a, quite a thing. Yeah. We had four daughters, no boys. So, uh, we also have seven, eight grandchildren, two boys and six girls. That's great. You beat me by three in the grandchildren. I have five. So what a joy they are. Well, they are. And as I say, although I'm a very accomplished person, my greatest accomplishments are my children and my grandchildren. I could say that, too. Yeah, good. Congratulations. You've got a wonderful family. Well, it and it, it it is something that I'm very proud of and something that I, I love to see that way. So uh it, it it's so nice to have them they'll be living on when we're long past gone well i know but i don't like to think about being gone <laughs> i really why uh, as a, I, I i like warren buffett who says tell me when i'm going to where i'm going to die and i'll never go there <laughs> <laughs> i'm with him <laughs> to me that that's the greatest thing is to never <laughs> let that happen if you can't you know, I know, I know. It's, well, you're lucky if you feel that way, I guess, that if you love life and you've got people you are really adore, like grandchildren and good husbands who bring you coffee when you're talking on, to someone on the uh, Zoom, um, you know, life at a cat that gives me allergies, but still he's, he's a great cat and uh, life is good. Um you know, sometimes when you're young, it's a struggle. But I think if you're willing to go through the struggle when you're young, it, it, it makes for a pretty good old age. What are some of the greatest things you had to overcome to get to where you're at now? I tend toward depression. And in fact, that's why I was sent to boarding school was because I couldn't stop crying as a child. And I cried, cried, cried helicopter going by you know that that that's a helicopter okay that's okay we don't hear too much on this side so that's that's good you're in edmonton aren't you i'm in edmonton canada do you know where that yeah i've done a play there really yeah driving miss daisy oh really yes and i lived in toronto for years my youngest son was born in toronto okay so I feel like I'm part Canadian. I do. I, I love Canada. I love the people in Canada. Well, Canada is the kinder, gentler America that George. That's really true. That's about. really true. We don't have as many divisions. We do have divisions, but we don't have as many. And we tend to forgive and forget that much easier. Yeah. As I remember back in the day, the, uh, the, the indigenous problem was was there in Canada, but it wasn't as blatant as it is here in the United States. And uh, we lived in uh, uh, one street south of St. Clair Avenue in Toronto and one, two houses east, uh, west of Mount Pleasant. I don't know if you're familiar with with Toronto, but I think those were my happiest years. Uh, Peter Donat, my ex-husband, the father of my children, he was he was Canadian. He was born in Nova Scotia. So I, I really do have ties to Canada. I, I love Canada. If well, I could live there, I would. Who can afford Toronto, though? I, I don't think many people can. It's a very expensive <laughs> city. 
And in fact, many it's people. It's very cold where you are in Edmonton. I was there during the winter. It is cold. Well, it has its moments, but you know, the beauty of cold is it keeps the riffraff out. So we had, we tend to, <laughs> we, we tend to get the benefits of it, but you will not find a nicer place in the summer than in Edmonton. Oh, you know? it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, Canada's beautiful anyway. I loved it. And when you have a harsh winter, you really do appreciate the first sit there when it first comes out and the, exactly. the tourists are trying to push their way up through the earth. It's, it's uh, very special. You tend to enjoy the summers, and we have a cabin at a lake, so we all get together, the whole extended family and us. So it is a very oh, special so time the entire yeah. summer. So it's hard to get my family all together. They live all over. They don't. I only have one son who lives in Los Angeles, and he's moving to Orcas Island, and I'm beside myself. But anyway. No. Um, Maybe at Christmas we'll all get together. We were lucky enough to keep our whole family together. So we're together almost every day, every week and every weekend. So it's a, it's a very special time that we could be together all the time. You are lucky because uh, I'm never happier than when I'm with my family. Yeah. And my wife is French Canadian. So, uh, we have the traditions of the meat pie and stuff like that. And this weekend was a weekend when my wife was baking the entire weekend. Oh, you are a lucky guy. (laughs) It's a good time that we have the family that comes over and helps with all those things. Your wife is French-Canadian. Where is she from? Uh, Originally Quebec City. Quebec, yeah. I I I love Canada. I think you're very, very lucky. It's like you have everything the United States has and you're not spoiled yet. That's right. Well, Michael... We This show is called The How to Live a Fantastic Life Show. So I always end this with one question. How do you, Michael Learnett, live a fantastic life? I I just live a life, and that makes it fantastic, I guess. I'm lucky to be alive. I, I, have, a, I have a very close, I think, family. Uh, if you're close to your family, I I don't know how I enjoyed my children when they were little. I I got a kick out of them, and I can't imagine what it would be like to have kids and find it a burden. My kids lifted me up, and um, so for me, family is makes for a fantastic life. Fantastic. Well, Michael, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Thank you so much for sharing with us. This is what makes this show so special, the special guests that I have on it. Well, I appreciate you having me on it. I've enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, go to my website, drallenlika.com, and pick up a golden pearl a week. That will surely make your day. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Lyka, L-Y-C-K-A dot com. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Lyka's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. 